0: I
1: know the human beings can cause just peacefully. This, Do you experience digital eye strain from too much blue light exposure from digital screens? Baxter blue glasses are not your average frames. These blue light lenses filter 80% of the highest energy blue light, eliminating 99% of glare. The past year, we have all been glued to our devices more than ever. And you know, for this show, I end up having to do a lot of research and read a lot of articles online. I mean, staring at my screen for hours and hours as I write up the show notes and everything. Our exposure to digital light has soared, and our eyes and our sleep are suffering as a result. Baxter Blue is also a force for good, and provides a pair of reading glasses for someone in need for every pair sold. This is eyewear built for our digital age. And Baxter Blue is giving our listeners 10% off your next purchase of Blue Light, Sleep, or Kids glasses. Click the link in our show notes for your exclusive discount. This is the sign you've been waiting for to invest in Blue Light glasses. We know you will love your Baxters, and we know that you will feel the difference.
0: Guys, welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nathan. I'm Sean. So, for the next few episodes, we're going to delve into, uh, you know, I think a subject that we all interact with a lot allergies. Turns out allergies, I mean, this is maybe not fully surprising, but allergies are really complex. There's a lot of types of allergies. I think in general, something little, some little funky donkey gets in your body and your immune system freaks out about it, but it turns out that there's a lot of ways that can work out. Yeah, wow. That was, uh, that was really cogent. Yeah, that was Holy succinct, shit. baby.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people have seasonal allergies or maybe they got a food allergy right. or something. It's right, it's
0: springtime. So it's out there.
1: Yeah. And I think as is common with a lot of popular terms like this, the definition of allergy that we might use when we're just walking around isn't necessarily the same as the definition that science might use or like the medical field might use. And so, you know, we just figured it'd be useful. Right. We went into it and then talked about, what does science have to say about allergies, and then what does science right. have to say about our kind of
0: allergies? Right? right. It's kind of bled into our vernacular, right? So it's like, I'm allergic to McDonald's. I'm yeah. allergic to Christopher Nolan films. Yes. I'm allergic to, I don't know. Yeah, human warmth. Human warmth. And and companionship. But actually, allergies by chemical.
1: Great. Yeah, it's a real thing. All right. So why don't we talk about all that real shit? Oh, let's get into it.
0: So we're going to spend this first episode talking about four types of allergic responses, right, and kind of why they're different. But first, what is an allergic response? Right. Okay. So
1: allergies are, like you were saying uh, just seconds ago, Nathan, they're an immune overreaction to something that's supposed to be harmless. Right. Okay. Like just
0: like a little bit of hydrochloroquine. Right? I mean, not a big deal. <laughs> Just like a little bit, your body's like, oh my God, your body's so liberal. Right? Oh, wow. <laughs> your, body, your body cancel culture, you body cancel hydrochloric <laughs> What the fuck? No, but okay, so like a harmless thing like pollen, right? Right, yeah. yeah.
1: That thing that kind of triggers the immune system, that's called an allergen.
0: Right, okay. Case, okay. So you might argue that America right now has an allergy to responsible discourse. Fuck is right, because we're triggered all the time. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm I guess responsible discourse. <laughs> well, let's get discourse. it, let's get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no part of it worked. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> that happens. So,
1: when you say it, like that, that kind of definition, an right. immune overreaction to a harmless thing. Yeah. That is potentially a very broad definition.
0: Don't you feel like cat allergies are a appropriate reaction to a terrible <laughs> thing? Right? Like that's your body being like, please! There, there are human beings that like cats. <laughs> Think of the birds! That's when your body's screaming right now, it's the birds! Cats should be indoor cats. Yeah, because or dead, outdoor cats, right? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I mean it should be indoor cats or dead cats, right? Yeah. Those are the two categories. There of cats. has got to
1: be a listener of this podcast that likes cats.
0: Look, this listener is a tough person, all right? This listener <laughs> this listener listens to hard truths week after week, all right? Okay.
1: So, because how broad this definition is, right. okay? Typically when we think about allergens, we're actually thinking about things outside of our bodies. Yes. Right? As opposed to something that's inside of your body, like uh something from your body, a protein right. your body or makes. Like
0: semen or like like, sure. like balls. Like my balls are in my body. But I don't have an yeah. allergic response to them, even though those are bad too. Right. But if you did yeah. have an immune overreaction
1: yeah. to your balls, yeah. we would probably call that an autoimmune response.
0: Right, right, right. right, right. So, because unlike, you know, my balls are formed, but like for most people's <laughs> balls, you know, they made their own. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's accurate. I don't know if you guys remember an earlier episode, but I have chimp balls. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! yeah wow, yeah. that's a yeah, callback! He'd... Holy shit! Yeah, well, that was important to me because <laughs> it was like felt right. It felt good to be represented on this podcast.
1: So we actually did an episode on autoimmune disorders, right? Okay, and I do think that you can kind of think of autoimmune disorders and allergies as being things that are connected in sort of their root, right? Like how they are right. created, right? But th- their targets are different,
0: things. right? Allergies are still reacting to a, a foreign uh, right. element. Right. Whereas it's kind of funny how because of our you know the last decade of political discourse, when I say foreign, I'm like, am I being xenophobic? I and did I'm get like, nervous. Uh, yeah, uh, was that- I was like, well, no, <laughs> yeah, <right>. Where's <laughs> <they> going to go? <laughs> but but like allergies are still reacting to a foreign element, whereas an autoimmune response is like your body mislabeling something inside, right? Exactly. Your body. <laughs> okay.
1: So then I will also say that allergies, you know, quote unquote allergies, and in general, immune overreactions are categorized into four kinds of overreaction. Right. And they're called hypersensitivities. Okay. So when we go through these hypersensitivities today, which is going to be pretty much what this episode is about, not every hypersensitivity is an allergy.
0: Yeah. But they are all immune overreactions. And by the way, so, you know, the audience is going to listen to all your lame-ass categories. Yes. What are they looking forward to in future episodes? Once we've established the different hypersensitivities, what are we doing next week? Right, so
1: next week, we're going to be talking about more colloquially what we mean when we say allergies. Right. What's going on there on right. like a biology level? like You know, when
0: you have a stuffy nose yeah. and you're all fucked up because of pollen or Whoa. because of pet dander. What's going on is my friend Sharon's just trying to miss my birthday party. He's like, <laughs> oh, I'm allergic to Koreans. She's like, lying. You're not yeah, yeah,
1: so so we're going to talk about that, you know, and we're yeah. going to go into how sometimes when you have a super stuffy nose and stuff like that. Yeah. You might not be sick, but you might also not be
0: reacting to pollen or something. Right. You might just be psychosomatic. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So allergies are real, by the way. I know that this is obviously implicit in our episode, but like sometimes I hear people be like, oh, well, allergies are just like your psychology or something. That's like just like not accurate, huh? Like allergies, like definitely have a physical thing going on. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah.
0: But basically the world of allergies is pretty complicated. I guess right. is one it's what it's going to get into. Right.
1: Is there's a lot of things that can launch them off. And when we think about allergies, for example, I feel like I've heard a sentence from a kind of scientist type person yeah. being like, oh, a lot of food allergies aren't actually allergies or something like
0: that. Oh, okay. But that's like a simplification that... Right. You know, it's more confusing than helpful.
1: And also, that kind of depends on what you mean by allergy. So, right. in, in any case, the third episode that we're doing on this is going to all be about food allergies. Oh, cool. And everything that that can mean. Right. And all of, you know, sort of the mechanisms that we know about and everything. Can I tell you some real talk, bartender,
0: restaurant talk? Exciting. Uh, Food allergies aren't real. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no but like, you know, you have a customer and they'll be like, oh, I can't eat nuts. And, you know, that could be like a very serious sure. allergy, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I'm like okay, well, you know, we, we have a lot of... Cro- we have a tiny kitchen, a lot of cross-contamination. And they're like, okay, give me the nuts. <laughs> and you're like, I like you, man. <laughs> I burned 0. 0.2 calories on this conversation with you. God damn it. <laughs> I mean, but luckily, like on rare occasion, someone's like, oh, well, I shouldn't eat here. And I'm like, I'm like shedding one tear and like saluting them. I'm like, hey, man, your allergy is serious. Dude, I respect that. Well, that's great
1: because... The differences between those kinds of things, going through these hypersensitivities is really going to help explain cool. how someone could say, I have a food allergy,
0: and it could mean very different things. So let's keep that as our lodestar, nut allergy, <laughs> as we <laughs> walk through the hypersensitivities. <laughs> and really upset restaurant workers. Yeah. Okay. So
1: let's start out with type 1 hypersensitivity. Yeah. Okay. This is going to be really quick because... Type
0: 1 hypersensitivity is what we consider to be kind of your classic allergic right. response. Right, so we're actually okay. going to spend a lot of future episodes talking about this one. Right. Suffice it to say that when people are like, oh my god, pollen, it's like, <laughs> woo! Usually type 1 hypersensitivity. Sure, sure. Or if someone is
1: allergic to bees, right. and they get a bee sting, and immediately they die. immediately they get fucked up. Yeah. Right? Right. That is a type one hypersensitivity. It's so impressive. And it's different. It is distinguished from all the other hypersensitivities we're going to talk about because of how fast it is. Right. Okay. So the speed of it within a minute sometimes. Yeah. Right. That's how you can characterize this one versus the other ones, which take much longer to develop.
0: We talked about, we kind of, this is just a a quick try. Good. This is a quick transgression. Okay. <laughs> this is a quick digression. But, you know, we talked about this in the scale of the human cell. It's amazing that your whole body can react to something in a minute. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just wild.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it has like, to do with signal cascades. You know what I mean? they so just crazy, like dude. dumping out stuff. Yeah. It's getting coursing around your blood and everything. The human body's
0: a lot like Lord of the Rings. That's where, like, we're lighting, you know, the big oh, pyres of Gondor. And yeah. Rohan's like, oh, shit. You know? That was great. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I agree with you. It's exactly fucking, like that. Yeah, fucking Pippin, dude. <laughs> fucking Pippin is climbing shit, man. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, so, so. <laughs> Denethor's <was> mad. <laughs> <You know? laughs> anyway. anyway, anyway. <laughs> so, type 1
1: hypersensitivity. That's a type that covers a lot of, like, seasonal allergies, asthma, and anaphylactic shock. Right. And so, we're going to be spending the bulk of episode 2 talking about that. Cool. So, we're not going to dwell too long about it.
0: Here. Okay. Right. Well, let's take a quick break because then we got again to get a more esoteric, wacky dacky hypersensitivities. Yeah. <laughs> Politics news. <laughs> Sean, did you hear? Caitlyn Jenner is running for governor of California.
1: Oh, yeah. As a Republican.
0: Yeah. Which I guess, I mean, technically, Caitlyn Jenner's been a Republican the whole time. Yeah. That shouldn't be that
1: uh, surprising.
0: Yeah. You know how much we should talk about that over the course of the next few months? How much, Nathan? Like fucking zero, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> That's been Politics News. <laughs> psycho killer. Yeah. Kiss 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 kiss. Okay. <laughs> kiss kiss. kiss. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We don't want if we sing too much we got to pay rights. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we've talked about type 1 hypersensitivity. We'll talk about that a lot more later. Let's go through the other hypersensitivities. What right. is type 2? Type 2,
1: okay. In this hypersensitivity, you have antibodies in your body going around Yes. and they're binding to your own cells. Yeah and then the immune system kills those cells that are coded in the antibodies.
0: So what kind of people have antibodies?
1: Everybody's got antibodies. Right, 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 right. Okay. Specifically in type 2 hypersensitivity, the kind of antibodies involved are what are called IgG and IgM antibodies. Right, right. Okay, people we might... talked about
0: those in some previous episodes.
1: Right, especially in our innate immune system episode, we right. talked about this, so you can check it out there. But antibodies have several different types called yeah. isotypes, and your body makes all the different types. Right. IgG and IgM are really common in your blood. And in fact, they're the kind that the COVID vaccine would make a bunch of cool. targeting the spike antigen. Very cool. So these antibodies, for some reason, they're binding to your cells. And when antibodies bind to stuff, that's usually a signal for your immune system to come in and kill that thing. Yeah. But for some reason, it's happening to your own cells. That sounds pretty autoimmune Yeah. Rather than like an allergy type thing. Yeah. But there
0: are some cases where that can be caused by an external substance. Like cocaine. Mm. Whenever I hear external substance, Nancy Reagan, dude, that's a drug. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny you say drug, though, Uh, because one example of it is penicillin. Right. This is another, you know, we've been hearing a lot in the news if six people out of a million have a bad reaction to a drug, you, you got to stop taking it everywhere, right? <laughs> and penicillin's a great example of this. So okay, it, the CDC needs to stop penicillin. It is interesting. Penicillin and the antibiotics
1: related to penicillin yeah. are actually one of the more common types of drugs that people can have reactions to. Shit's poop from a fungus, man. It's not that surprising. Right. And it's a testament to how important antibiotics are right. that we still give them to people. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like hey, you get it once, you have a reaction, they're like, all right, put it on the chart that this person's allergic to this kind. Yeah. But like, we still give it to a bunch of people because fucking it kills their shit out of
0: bacteria. It's great. You guys to show you how warped our calculus is about this fucking shit now, right? That like, so few people per million will have a blood clot issues to so like the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. And that's like a whole hubble Right? Whereas, like, penicillin kills like one out of 20 people, right? I mean, no, not no, actually. I mean, I'm joking. <laughs> that, that is way too hot. <laughs> penicillin kills like one out of five babies. <laughs> but, like, but, like, it's like totally acceptable. And, of course, when it came out, it was like you could clearly tell with like a few people had bad reactions to penicillin. And it obviously was useful and helpful to civilization, right? Yeah. Crazy, man.
1: Yeah. I don't well. know how you
0: scientists live through it. Okay. My beer gets you drunk. <laughs> and, like, everyone knows the bad effects and they've accepted it,
1: you know? Well, I will say that on the patient side of things... A vaccine is supposed to protect you against something potential in the future, right? right? Whereas penicillin, it's like, oh, your foot is currently falling off. Like, right. maybe we should give you penicillin. That makes sense. And it's kind of like, oh, but I might have a reaction. It's like, you might have a reaction to your foot not being there
0: anymore. Right. Anyway. So, like, a vaccine requires, like, a certain imagination. Right. Like, an imagined future and a belief in germ theory.
1: It just shifts the calculus, right, to some right. kind of future probability as opposed right. to the very
0: likely... Situation where your foot falls off. Right, right, right. right. That makes sense. Excuse <laughs>
1: my conveyance. <laughs> well, no, it's all good. In any case, penicillin, it I good. just love you! Oh, that's
0: good. And I don't like how people oh, treat you. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> people don't know your worth. Sean, you're an essential worker. Wow, holy shit. <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> people don't know you literally slapped me just now. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Only I get to hurt you. <laughs> Penicillin. Uh, penicillin could come up as an example for the remaining three hypersensitivities: type right. two, type three, and type four.
0: Oh yeah, what about nut though? We were gonna yeah. talk about nuts. Remember? God. You are so <laughs> fixated on this nut thing. Sean, okay, my expertise as a and does not often come
1: into play. But they're gonna come into food allergies down the road. God damn it! Anyway, so how though could penicillin, this external substance, cause
0: antibodies to bind to your cells right right that's like kind of a complicated this is idea. how deep anti-vax ideologies in america that it's persuaded some people's cells to reject modern medicine <laughs> wow it's crazy okay so <laughs> let's just say really out loud that that's not what's yeah. going on yeah, that, that is in case one listener <laughs> yeah. one part per Whatever our listenership is, fucking three. Like, is this the, you need to know that that's not true. I hope everyone's learning to
1: not believe Nathan <laughs> about almost anything. Yeah. You need to have a more distinguishment
0: between, like, your serious voice where you're saying real words and your bullshit voice. I, I am thankful for the fact that you think those are two different voices <laughs> because, like, all my coworkers know that it's all bullshit. <laughs> anyway, let's keep going. Okay, so what happens
1: here is penicillin... Enters into the body. Right. Because it gets injected. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Or a
0: suppository, in my case.
1: Do they have penicillin suppositories? The doctor lied to me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. Doctor just put something in my body. He's just trying to give you what
1: you want. Yeah, okay. sure, sure. So the penicillin comes in, and it's a small molecule. Yes. What it can do is it can bind to some of the proteins on the surface of the cell. Bastard. And it can actually change some of those proteins to look subtly different. Bastard. But in their different shape, that penicillin-protein combo, mm. that is something that in these people, their antibodies recognize as foreign. Fuck okay? that, man. So it's kind of forcing your protein to look different and then causing this right. immune reaction.
0: Okay. So... That can happen in a lot of situations. So um, why does that not always happen? I mean, because doesn't that imply that the, like the penicillin, the, the outside of the penicillin and the outside of the immune cell, they like to kiss-kiss, like they can bind, and so why why don't they do that in everybody? Right. So there, there could be
1: a couple of reasons, but what it seems like is everyone has antibodies. Right, yes. They are made kind of at random first. Mm. Oh, okay. okay. They can be sort of reinforced if you find that antigen out there. Right. So if you get infected with something, you might have an antibody floating around already that can bind it. Okay, And that's great. If not, that thing can get shown to some B cells and they can try to make a specific antibody for it and stuff. But all that does is really reinforce some of the randomness in everybody. Right. So we all randomly have some antibodies going around. Right. And so some people might randomly have antibodies for this penicillin kind of combo with protein. Oh, interesting. And then some people, their proteins might be more susceptible to form this shape or something like that. Right. So there's a couple potential options. Yeah. But yeah, basically, you know, in some cases, this is blood cells that the penicillin binds to. And then antibodies stick to it and you kill a bunch of blood cells. And then uh and then yeah, so people with penicillin allergies sometimes get hemolytic anemia. Ugh. That means that their red blood cells die. That's the hemolytic part. And then anemia means that they have kind of this lowered blood cell count, so they have a harder time getting oxygen to their Is body. this
0: like shit that messes you up or shit that fucks you up?
1: Uh it could be pretty bad if okay. you have a penicillin allergy. Right. Usually for these types of hypersensitivities, it takes hours to days. Okay. And it happens slower the first time so if you get a shot with penicillin and then days later you have a reaction mm. then they can know not to give it to you next time because it'll happen a lot sooner okay cool what the shit were you
0: i don't know you just sounded so final when you, you're like your tone was like we're moving on i don't know but you, you had like a distant look in your face and you were smiling no like? i i'm gonna ambush you with something in like 40 minutes oh okay <laughs> holy shit <laughs> okay so that's type 2 hypersensitivity yeah tell me about type 3 baby Complexes. Okay, so type 2 hypersensitivity that
1: we just did was about IgG and IgM antibodies inappropriately sticking to your own cells, right? For type 3 hypersensitivity, you have antibodies again, and they are binding shit again. But instead of sticking to cells, they're making immune complexes. Okay, cool. Which are basically like globs of antibodies stuck to stuff that aren't cells. They're targets. Right. And they make these kind of clumps of antibodies. And and does this, like, cause blood clots or something? I mean, what do these clumps do? Right. So they're not big enough to cause blood clots, but they are big enough that they could get stuck in certain parts of your body. Mm. And when they do that, your immune cells could see them right. and really flip the shit out. Right. Because it looks kind of like some kind of maybe bacterial invasion or something that right. an- antibodies are sticking to. So these globs can set off a bunch of signals called the complement pathway. Yes. Okay, which we briefly mentioned in our innate immune episode also, but it's very complicated, and it's got a lot of really annoying names. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, C3A and C3B set off C5A. It's just like, they're fucking, it's terrible to talk about. So, yeah. we're not going to do it. The main thing you need to know about the complement pathway is it is highly inflammatory. Okay? So, you have a glob of your antibody stuck to shit. That sets off complement. And then that sets off a huge recruitment of immune cells to the area. Right. And those strong inflammatory signals can help things swell up, get red, feel like really hot and angry, you know, like a hive or something.
0: Um, Killer wasps. Yeah, killer immune cell wasps. Whatever happened with that? That was like such a big deal for like two days. Right, the murder hornets. Yeah, and everyone was like, wait a minute, there's still COVID. Yeah. Why are we worried about this? 2020 turned out to be... Not the murder hornet yeah. year. Wild enough that murder hornets just gave up. I guess. So I guess they're still here, though, and like we just you didn't give a fuck, cause of course we don't give a
1: fuck. I think we contained them okay. Okay, I think that was cool. the idea.
0: Nice. Anyway, so. murder hornets much more successfully dealt with than COVID.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, <laughs> actually
0: contained. <laughs> To be fair, it's much easier to see murder hornets than Yeah, COVID. I can see COVID. It's like my superpower. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just straight like through the air. <laughs> it's like a fucking sixth sense. I'm like this little fucking white kid wow. from like 1999. So instead of seeing people's like auras, you can yeah. see them like emitting COVID? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. They speak to me like in uh, Yoamushi Pedal." Wait, no, that's the wrong anime. What's the one where little, you, like, little microbes are floating around? It's like half educational. Yeah. It starts with an M. Moyashimon? I'm like, moyashimomo, you know, I'm seeing shit. Nailed it.
1: So, it's maddening. <laughs> <laughs> so these antibodies might be binding up some target we don't know. Right. Or that we might think is from our own bodies. Mm. Okay. So when it does that, this type 3 hypersensitivity would be autoimmune or an inflammatory yeah. disorder. That happened or- in my gonads.
0: Right, it, like it's, you keep bringing you up my balls. That's why I need chimp balls. Okay, because <laughs> um, they swelled four times their natural size. So that's why, yeah. in
1: the category of type three hypersensitivity, yeah, you have things like lupus oh. and rheumatoid arthritis. Okay, so that's a, it's like an allergy, kind of. Well, it's a type three hypersensitivity, okay. which again, hypersensitivities are a bigger category than allergies. Okay, right. Okay, although sometimes in some places
0: hypersensitivities are called allergies so it's like a, it's a kind Bhutan of confusing or in the himalayan nations in general <laughs> yes, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: they have an older version of the textbook yeah,
0: yeah. like sanskrit-based cultures
1: <laughs> so. but these antibodies do not need to only be reacting to an internal source it could be external okay, okay cool so internal then yeah lupus rheumatoid arthritis but what about external and allergen right, right? so one example of that is farmer's lung Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think we do this very much anymore, where we name diseases after occupations. Right. But It's fun. Yeah. Like it. America. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so farmers. I got the black lung
1: back. Exactly. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I thought about that. That's about a different farmers. thing, though. That, that yeah. is a very different. Okay, thing, but, but
0: farmers, farmers are on the fields. They're working on daylight savings. Right. You know. Yeah. And Pulling kids out of school because you gotta, you gotta, whoop, you gotta show that seed, baby. Yeah, and do something with hay. Hey, probably. Yeah, alfalfa. Um,
1: so there are some crops. And they might get exposed to some fungus or mold that are on the crops, Ugh. okay? And that mold is not sufficient to cause health problems in us, right. okay? So it's not something that can infect us or anything like that, right. okay? But you can create antibodies against it, mm. all right? And if you breathe in the mold again, the little tiny mold cells and everything will go into your lungs and the antibodies will bind them up yeah. and make a clump of shit in your lungs... And then that will set off lung inflammation, yeah. even though that mold was going to be harmless to you. Yeah.
0: So for our rural listeners, can you tell them some folk medicines to deal with this? Because there aren't rural hospitals anymore. So, so, <laughs> so, so like, can you like, put in a little Robitussin and like some Velveeta? <laughs> like, like, how do you cure that on your own? Yeah, Just
1: gargle Tussin. <laughs> um, well, so if I keep going into the symptoms a little bit, then that's pretty much all that we could do about it, basically. So, right, so right. symptoms-wise you have lung inflammation and so that can cause you to have a cough, shortness of breath, physical weakness Right, and it gets worse and worse with each exposure so okay. over time it gets worse
0: and these are like literal big old big old bitty clumps in your lungs i mean <coughs> immune complexes
1: yes it, yeah. yeah yeah it
0: ends up being clumps in your lungs that Bitty can't... clumps that's descriptive
1: <laughs> <as> immune complexes <laughs> i got the feel for it I, I think it made sense but basically how can you treat that you can just manage the symptoms. Right. That's where we're at right now. So you can try to do things to try to help reduce the inflammation in the lungs and everything. Yeah. And try to get it so that they're not exposed to the mold anymore. Right. But that might mean that you don't get to be a uh, farmer as much anymore. Yeah. Or you need to wear like an N95 mask or something while you're working. mm uh-huh. Now, besides Farmer's Lungs, antibiotics can also sometimes trigger type 3 hypersensitivity. Right. Plenty of other drugs can as well, usually resulting in a set of symptoms called serum sickness or serum sickness-like
0: reactions. Sounds like something out of Marvel. Like, oh, Captain America's brother got the serum sickness. Yeah, yeah. He's dead. It's because serum sounds... Pretty dope like that. Yeah, it's like I, Red Skull's walking through like a lab of dying test subjects and he's like, they have the serum sickness. <laughs> yeah. They were too weak. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So serum sickness is stuff like rashes,
1: sometimes arthritis and fever, and all of that stuff can get triggered by the type 3 hypersensitivity
0: cool. to something, some kind of drug. Okay. So, well, let's take a break. Yeah. Okay. You guys deserve a break. Okay. Because after that break, though. Okay, you get, you get your fucking notebook back out because we're doing type 4 sensitivity and this one's a doozy baby. Right, type 4,
1: it's, it's a little different from the other ones so we're going to wrap it up with that. Let's do it. Let's do it. The following is an actual advertisement. We're a podcast about two parents and their kid going on a quest for good shows.
0: No, we're a podcast about two parents who are trapped in their own living room and we have to endure time and space.
1: (laughs) Yep, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Rich. I'm Natalie. And this is Not Suitable for Adults.
0: Take 30 or 40 minutes out of your day to listen to us speak calmly and wisely to you about the best and the worst of kids' TV shows today. And movies.
1: And movies.
0: So join us as we sit in our living room and talk about the things we don't want to watch,
1: and some things we do want to watch.
0: Yeah, it's not all bad. Some of it's good. Some of it. Bye. Bye. Okay, so let's wrap up this episode. Well, yeah, it sounds like a short segment. Well, be fucking long as tits, but like, let's talk about the last type of hypersensitivity, type four. Yes. Okay. So, this final one is different than the other three. Don't you feel like people remember these hypersensitivities if they had, like, really evocative names? Like Flag Smasher or Hydra? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's call type
1: 4 T-Blaster. Okay, T-Blaster. So, tell me about T-Blaster. Uh, so, in this case, the thing that's causing it, compared to all the other ones, are a cell type. An immune okay. cell type. Okay. Oh. So, for type 1, 2, and 3... All of those were antibodies right. that were binding onto some kind of shit. Right. Type 1, we can just, the evocative name could just be allergies. <laughs> right. Type 2 is like cell killer bodies. Yeah. Type 3 is like clumpy bodies. Right. And type 4 now, these are the T cell T blasters. Right. Okay? Truly
0: loyal Listeners we remember our adaptive immune episode. T cells are part of the adaptive immune system.
1: Right. And some T cells go around straight up killing other cells, like cancer cells or virally infected cells. Right. But there's a whole other group of T cells that just seize your property. Right. (laughs) And just create speed traps on the highway. I think about these T cells more as like a middle management. Right. right, Okay. They're called helper T cells. This is internal affairs. Yeah, maybe. Let me not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, the whole point of helper T cells is to see what kind of immune responses are going on. Yeah. And then either amplify them or turn them down. Right. But a lot of times it's amplify them. Okay. So, they can really kick up an immune response if it's thought that there's a big enough threat in the area. Okay. So, basically, the helper aspect of this is that once they recognize an antigen, once they recognize some kind of you know, usually foreign thing, maybe a piece of a bacteria or virus or some kind of naughty marker, they get activated and they start sending out signals to lots of other immune cells. They start recruiting them, they start helping them get activated and so they can do their jobs better. And that can take a little bit of time to ramp up. All right, so this type of hypersensitivity can take a little bit before it really gets going. It's called the delayed type hypersensitivity. And that can take minimum 12 hours, but usually days or weeks after the exposure. Right. Okay. One of the most common types of type 4 hypersensitivity is contact dermatitis, like rashes and hives appearing on your skin in some spot where you touched something. Okay. So like a classic example is poison ivy exposure. Right. Uh, In the case of poison ivy, there's this oily substance that coats the plant, right? And it's a group of pretty similar chemicals to each other called urrcheols.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think
1: we talked about them before. Urrcheols. Right, right, right. It's a Korean name. I think, I think it's actually based off of a Japanese term for something. Oh. But every time I say Japanese
0: words, I sound like a Korean saying them. It's so. funny because I was told in Korea that whenever I spoke Korean, I sounded Japanese. I'll be like, Onigasu. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe you shouldn't do that. I'll be like, Chimde uh, Kachiko. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, were you, were you trying to do a Japanese impression? <laughs> I was like, Club, club. Ajjoyo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, Udushiols are not straight up allergens. Yes. Okay. They make this kind of oily stuff. Right. But they are not allergens on their own. Right. Okay. As in, if you just took them by themselves, we wouldn't have antibodies that really bind to them. Okay. Okay. But. 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 (laughs) They're a kind of chemical (laughs) that do set up your immune system, but only when they stick onto a protein. Right. Okay. That protein urushiol combo changes the shape of the protein a little bit. And that combo sets off your immune system. When you have a substance that does that, harmless on its own, but sets off your immune system in combo with something from your body, that's called a haptin. Haptins are a pretty common way to get contact dermatitis. Okay. So, interestingly, there seem to be some cases where people basically develop a reaction to poison ivy and get sensitized to it. So, like, oh, it's your first time getting touched by poison ivy. And then, like, a week later, you get a rash there. Right, right. Normally, that sensitizes you. So, the next time you get touched by poison ivy, you get a rash much sooner. Interesting. Okay. Okay. But
0: it can also sensitize you to similar compounds, apparently. So, you you get touched by poison ivy a couple weeks later or something. You're also sensitive to something like poison ivy. Right. Without even having contacted it. Right. Like mango peels. Oh, Oh, yeah, interesting. Okay. So
1: mango peels have a chemical in them that's kind of similar to urushiol. Oh. And that means that some people rub up onto poison ivy and then a year later grab a mango and yeah. then their hands react. Yeah, that's why I don't eat mangoes, dude. What? Yeah, I don't like them. No, you love mangoes. <laughs> you love slurping down. Slipping down on that orangey stuff. Don't be perverse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Contact dermatitis is not the only kind of reaction you can have that counts as a type 4 hypersensitivity. Okay? It can happen a lot when people take different kinds of drugs. You know, and not just naughty type drugs. All kinds of drugs for treatments for all kinds of diseases. Right. When you take drugs, they have that whole list of side effects. Right? Or like unwanted shit that happens when you take that drug. That's basically type 4 hypersensitivity. A chunk of them are. Uh, So, all of the side effect shit that happens when you take drugs, those are usually called adverse drug reactions. Okay? And out of all of the adverse drug reactions, a majority of them, 88% of them, are from the drug actually doing something in your body. Okay. Like inhibiting an enzyme or blocking the binding of something. Okay, that's not a hypersensitivity. Right. That's just it doing stuff. And it might just not be what we wanted it to do to cure you, right. right? It's doing it in a different organ than we wanted. Or maybe that drug blocks enzymes A and B, right. but we only
0: wanted it to block B. Right. And it's just like, ah, well, you have to deal with it. It's just the problem of the superposition of, you know, physics biology, right? It's just like when the body's not observed, there's a range of probabilities that are happening in there. Sometimes that means that, you know, the chemical is just in your liver. You mean it to be there, but you're not observing it, so you can't be like, go oh, on my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not right at all, but it sounded pretty good, so yeah,
1: okay, sure, why not? It's like several things bastardized. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's, a, it's, a, it's a mi- Mixing together a lot of confusing stuff. Mm, bastard. <laughs> and being wrong. Um, okay, so that's like, like I said, 88% of the time. Right. It's the drug doing what it does, just not what we like. All right. right. All right. But... A smaller, smaller fraction, 2.5% of adverse drug reactions are from some kind of hypersensitivity that we've talked about so far in this episode, mm. uh, and a majority being type 4 hypersensitivities, Okay. often showing up as liver or kidney damage. Right. Okay. Um, and, you know, in that case, it's the drug kind of affecting some part of your body and then T cells flipping out. Yes. Right. So, those are basically the main kinds of hypersensitivity for type 4. Okay, cool. So, you know, we went over this basically because when I first started researching allergies, I found that there was this really annoying uh, vocabulary issue. Right. Where in every type of hypersensitivity, there was a description of something that was either autoimmune or inflammatory or allergy. Right. So, I thought it would be useful. Hey, let's go over all of this shit. Right. Right. But when you and I say allergies, we're really talking about, like, sneezing because there's pollen.
0: Right. Or whatever, right? So now that we've gotten all the funky shit out of the way, we can next week take a step back, go to hypersensitivity type 1, talk about the allergies as we commonly experience them. Right. And both why are
1: they doing what they're doing, and then we're going to get a chance to talk about what are some current treatments that people are going through. Right. And what's, like, the next generation future treatments right. for allergies and then
0: we'll debate the meaning of infrastructure does healthcare count <laughs> <laughs> wow riveting <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then because of how big the topic is and how there's a lot of popular culture discourse over food allergies right that's going to get a whole episode on its own yeah right so you know people come on back And we'll keep talking more about this allergy shit over the next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Stacey, as our sound lord and engineer. And animator. Yes. Yeah, making all them fancy animations. The next animation is looking so good. Yeah. I'm so
0: excited for it. Unreleased content.
1: Yes. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's an audio clip that's not in any episode. Yeah. It's going to be beautiful. Let's thank Brian Allen for artwork. Yeah. And we have a Twitter account. It's at Dish Podcast on Twitter. Gmail, petri dishpod at gmail.com. And we have a Patreon.
0: You can do that thing. It's like a dollar a month or something like that. Yeah. Sean's starting a food truck. What? It's called Science Taco. And it's going to be on La Brea on every Wednesday. Yeah, he's pretty busy otherwise. So, again, can't, you can't usually be out there. Okay, don't ask. All right? <laughs> <laughs> but on Wednesdays, he might be there. Wow. Yeah. Wow, ending the episode out on lies. Yeah, 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 good. Yeah,
1: yeah. All right, everyone. So, we will see you next week.